Welcome back to the Beyond the Track podcast, your favorite motorsport podcast where we go through everything from Formula One to the Porsche Carrera Cup and literally everything in between. So today is, it's a, basically the end of the season for Formula One, especially we just finished, but for motorsport in general, we've come to break time. So today is going to be a bit of a Abu Dhabi recap slash season recap, and then we're just going to say goodbye to motorsport, at least live motorsport for a bit. Now, I will say this at the end before you guys all switch off. We will be continuing our podcast through the uh, through the break, so don't worry. We will still have episodes coming. We have some exciting ones already recorded, and we have so many ideas, so make sure you stay tuned. But yes, yeah, so let's get into it, I guess, just like normal. Uh, updates. Personally, no updates. Nothing motorsport related other than I don't know what to do now that motorsport is done. At least it means I'll be getting more sleep, I guess. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure what to do. I know a lot of people said go back and watch old races. I can't even rewatch movies because once I know what happens or once it's like uh, I can't do it. So especially races when half of them are boring. Anyway, uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm going to figure things out. Let's put it that way. Uh, but what about you, Sab? Anything interesting? absolutely nothing <laughs> i obviously went to the mclaren thing uh yeah we can have gay uh which we talked about last time but i don't think anything else has happened since then i've been working and work is all consuming so yeah no absolutely nothing for me other than looking at getting formula e tickets for london because they came out a couple of days ago Oh, did they? So, they did. The first time in two years I haven't bought tickets. Which, which is, is sad, and I think you should. It, it is sad, and I should, but I can't. At least not now. Maybe we'll see later. To be fair, last time I think I was planning on it, and then I ended up buying someone else's tickets. I bought Christian's. So we'll see. Maybe this time. Maybe maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be another late one. Or I'll just get access. Who knows? Um, I guess one thing I can bring up, just because I want to, I want to get on a rant, is people are mad at me at TikTok again. Um, And oh, you know what? It happens often. Well, I say TikTok more like content-wise because one of them, TikTok, they kind of agree on me on the wrong side and then on Instagram, they're mad at me. So I guess, first of all, I posted a video about Danica Patrick and just questioning like what's happening with that because the incident with her talking to the young Sky presenter, uh, Scarlet and just saying how women don't have the same aggression as men and therefore can't compete in motorsport like naturally to the same level that was terrible that was oh, a terrible yeah. take it was just straight up a sexist take and it shouldn't be have been allowed shouldn't have been around a girl and shouldn't have been you know continued and then she still has a job and she's there a lot uh, and what brought it back was the fact that Jensen Button has been hosting a lot of interviews with her and can't seem to control his face anytime Danica says something he so really doesn't agree with it's quite funny so I just made a video basically saying, why is she still around? A lot of people don't seem to like her. Her takes aren't that great, but specifically she's sexist in the wrong way. Now, a lot of people agree with that. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people. However, it did mean that it also brought misogynists out of the woodwork to also agree with that and then take it as a way of hating women and saying that women shouldn't be there and blah, blah, blah. And I went, oh, this has hit the wrong side. This has hit the wrong side of TikTok. Mm-hmm. I, the TikTok now. I will not be seen on the same side as these misogynists because that is not what this was meant for. This was meant for one specific person. And I even said, bring on another woman. Bring Naomi on. Bring Bernie. But no. We love Bernie. And that that's, see, when you make content that 
like the misogynist side agreeing with that's when you're like oh I've done something wrong but yeah so that happened and I spent I've spent a lot of time just deleting comments that are plain sexist or hatred in the wrong way like I said end of the season for F1 Abu Dhabi of course so we're going to go through it now it was not it was sort of an exciting weekend but we're going to go through the highlights now there aren't too many which is both a good thing um and and a sad thing but it's fine so to start off with practice one you know, Abu Dhabi is always one of those where practice one, a lot of the young rookies come in and test. This is because F1 teams, it's not actually, uh, they have to do it at Abu Dhabi, they can do it whenever. But a lot of the teams like to leave it till then because A, either the championship's already sorted by then, they've learned the cars enough so the driver's missing out on practices in too much. The the track is pretty well known as well. So that always tends to be there. And that's exactly what happened. We had 10 young rookies taking part. I'm going to quickly go through that. Um, and who they replaced for the first session. So we had Oli Beerman, who is Prema F2 driver at the moment. He replaced Nico Hulkenberg at Haas. Uh, this was actually something a lot of people were excited for. Now, I think he had a slight moment on track, but brought the car back. We're all good. Then we had Jack Doohan, who was yeah. replacing Esteban Ocon, Jack Doohan, in F2 this year for Virtuosi. He's also an Alpine junior. I forgot to mention Beerman is an FDA junior. Uh, but Doohan will not be coming back to F2 next year. Sad. But he replaced Ocon. He had That's a moment nice. with someone. I don't know. don't remember who it was. I believe it was an F1 driver, not a rookie, where he came out of a corner and someone was just in his way. Uh, that could have ended. Basically, he came <laughs> on the radio saying, that could have been my worst crash yet. Uh, then we had Bestie Bestie replacing Lewis at um, Bestie, Bestie's racing for Prema this year in F2, fighting for the title this weekend. We'll get back to that. We had Teo Porcher, who was replacing Joe at Alfa Romeo. He is a Sabre junior, also in F2, fighting for the title. We'll get back to that. We had uh, Robert Schwartzman, who I don't know how many tests like these tests he's done, uh, but he'll be he was replacing Charles Leclerc at Ferrari. Schwartzman, a previous F3 and F2 racer. I believe he won F3. He didn't win F2, but he is an FDA. I don't think he, I don't know if he's classed as a driver academy for Ferrari. Or I was going to say, did we establish driver. if he was like a reserve driver, a development driver, a junior driver? I believe he's a reserve driver, I think. yeah. That's what be. I thought initially, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Then we have Felipe Drogovic, who replaced Alonso. Uh, Drogovic, obviously, last year's Formula 2 champion. And uh, this year, Aston Martin's reserve driver, and he will stay on for next year for that too. Drogovic actually did quite well, but we will get back to that. Um, and then we had Pato Ward replacing Lando Norris. Pat, obviously, a IndyCar driver. And uh, for McLaren, who is also McLaren's reserve driver in F1 for next year, which is quite interesting. We have Isaac Hadja and Jake Dennis, who did both the Red Bulls. So none of the Afataris lost their seats, but uh, Sergio and Max both Dennis gave was up in their Max's hands. car, wasn't he? Yeah. So they both gave up. Uh, Max and Sergio gave up. Hadjar, uh, F2 Red Bull back driver. Jake Dennis, former E champion from this year. And then finally, we had Zach O'Sullivan replacing Alex Albon. Zach O'Sullivan competed in F3 this year, did quite well, finished P2. He is also Williams junior driver he will be moving up to former two next year i believe now i what i was going to mention before was Drogovic was actually the quickest um in practice one now he was under 10 three tenths oh no he wasn't the quickest he was quicker than lance stroll and he was p2 like in practice one 
and he was just under three tenths away from Russell, which awesome. is um, But he was faster than Stroll because Stroll was also obviously in the Aston Martin in practice one. So that was something people were like, oh, but obviously practice one is not, I find practice one, obviously I don't want practice, but practice one is not exactly a be all and all truth teller. Doesn't really say much. They could be doing different runs, yeah. different tires, getting used to it. But that was something people mentioned. But that was practice one. Now I don't know, Sav. Did you watch practice one? Um, if you didn't, what do you feel about like the young rookies coming in and doing these like young driver tests? I like it. I I like it even more the fact that like every year I expect the rookies to be people I've never heard of, and every year it's people I've watched race that's in some capacity. But I do like the fact that young-ish talent mm-hmm. um I only said that Jake Dennis is older than me like I think Pato is like my age or potentially older than me that's the reason why I went young-ish yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but yeah like and a lot of them are like accomplished in the stuff they've done as well so they're young in terms of young and fresh with Formula One but yeah it's exciting I like it I like also uh yeah so yeah I like I like it I find it interesting and I like seeing different um people on the grid and seeing what they can get out of the car so yeah no I think it's great as well because you know F1 is so hard juniors barely get into it when they do what they need to do and what I mean is Formula 2 is supposed to be the step up and when you win F2 realistically you should be then getting an F1 seat but we're now having three seasons in a row where the winner won't get a seat unless Sergeant isn't in the seat next year so I guess it's a great way where junior drivers can strive to at least get in the car and drive it whether they're not racing on it but there's still a chance for them yeah, to get some miles in. um and that's i think it's quite cool because i know it's, it's it might be bittersweet of you not being able to get a seat but they're they've worked their whole life to hopefully be able to drive an f1 car and getting the chance to actually do it is quite cool um so i'm happy that they get to do that a bit weird when you have yeah. jake dennis coming along but also yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> he, he probably loves it so again that's great for him so that was he does a lot of stuff like to develop the car as well. I think that's what's good about some of the sort of young drivers is they put so much work and graft and time into helping the teams develop the car. Like it's nice for them to get out in it and see how the work that they've put in is manifested yeah. in the cars they're running. Yeah. Even though they're obviously not necessarily running for that car, they might be running for future cars, but yeah. still the concept is there. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a little bit of a thank you. Here you go. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do too. All right. So that was basically a practice one. There was a couple of incidents where people were getting in the way, but like that's the same as everything. So practice two. Somewhat interesting, somewhat stop start stop starty. I honestly and like I said, I don't watch practice, but now that we've been doing the podcast, I look into practice a bit more. And I always knew that there was, you know, practice for like adjusting with the car and getting one with it and you know, picking out the kinks and that there are flags yeah. sometimes. But so far, every time I've looked into practice, I've never realized how many red flags are in practice, man. Like, I know they tend to bin things, and they do things early because um, there's no safety car. But damn, a lot of red flags. This was no exception. Yeah. So all the drivers were back in practice too. All the rookies were gone. They had their shot. They had to go back to where they came from. Sounds terrible. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of what happened in practice too, you had – Abu Dhabi is, is something where they know the rain's never going to hit. The track is pretty much the same all the time. And the tr- uh, yeah. like, the conditions, there's not much new that need to learn. So it's true. There's nothing too much that happens in terms of, ooh, too slow is that? Like, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. Fines didn't have a, another another weekend where practice did not go his way. 
So from going to yeah. his car being destroyed. I for him. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great at all. Especially because of this, he was ahead of Charles in the drivers' championship. We'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, not so Sainz had a big crash in practice too. His car snapped. He spun twice, and then he was into the barriers. And he was okay, yeah. thankfully, but it was a red flag. It did, and it was quite like it was a lot of damage. And it was like, oh, it was, much, it was a huge shunt. Yeah, like it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like at the end of the season, probably the mechanics are like, okay, we just need to get through this race, and that's it. And then they see this, like, ah, god damn it, got to build the car again. Well, that was the thing. That was um, there was a conversation last week with Ferrari team principal being like, when uh, signs crashed out, going, we need to check this because potentially any more damage to the car this weekend, we risk breaking the cost cap. Um, and it's not financially viable for us to race in Abu Dhabi next weekend potentially ended up not being as bad as they thought like damage wise managed to get them out get them back up everything was fine so then seeing this whole thing again it, you kind of went oh like well, so you made it to the last race so that's not as much of an issue but also your brain does kind of go like how much of a financial setback is that going to be and actually is that going to influence the next year or is it just a case of they're close to hitting the cost cap and that's it or is it a case of actually next year there needs to be a little bit more more of a financial negotiation um in respect of money saving ideals yeah i that that's one thing with the cost cap in a sport like f1 that always in, like that has confused me is how do these teams um like account for damage because there is a chance the car could dam- get damaged every week. Like if you brought Mick Schumacher and Mazepin back, sorry, oh, but if you did, like, are you <laughs> able oh. to factor that in? Because you're not going to want to factor twenty weeks worth of twenty three weeks worth of damage so races. Like that's impossible. So I find it like whoever they've got on their accounting team, whatever they're like, they have got they like they are good. They've got to be good. Yeah. Because factoring is crazy to think about the fact that they've got to get the whole season's worth of numbers at the start. And it's not a sport like like over here. We have the NRL, which is our national rugby league. It has a cost cap too. But that's easy. That's easier, so much easier to like figure out, okay, because you're yeah. using it the same, like you're playing at stadiums that are, are an hour away in terms of logistics. Injuries, you're not paying for stuff. You might have to I don't know, fix a patch in the grass that's got stomped over, but let's be real, like it ain't that it ain't that deep. Whereas a car could be millions of damage each week that you could be unprepared for or prepared for. So good on them for making it there. But unfortunate for science. Now, there was a restart. And you're like, okay, cool, we're back. Let's get going. Mm, there was a red flag soon short after. That was because Nico Hulkenberg, I mentioned Haas, he spun and caused damage to his rear wing because he hit the barrier. Now, that yeah. brought out a, another red flag, like I said. And, uh, yeah, so practice two was very stop-starty. And I mentioned that Haas obviously not wanting to have too much damage because they're struggling with cost caps too, which is understandable. But I don't think Haas have had too much. They've had more, like, mechanical DNS, I think, than they have had damages, if anything. Yeah. Um, it's not great too, but it's better than crashing. And, uh, better than awful. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. Um, so in the end, Leclerc ended up topping three practice two, which honestly doesn't mean anything. Nah, probably not. But we'll see. Yeah. 
so nice. that was practice nice two. yeah that was a highlights highlights of practice two practice three literally the only note i have is that eh it happened and russell was top because that's kind of all that was you know highlighting enough and then i guess you got to see oh mistakes oh okay that's that's different uh but then we get to qualify now this is when it's like okay did practice actually mean anything so straight up in the first session, actually, we had quite a number of surprises, shock eliminations. It's like the Big Brother house all over again. So in Q1, the five eliminated, and this is in order, we're going to go from the back. So in 20th, Logan Sargent. Not that surprising. Yeah, just not, not great, not great. Um, then we had Joe in 19th. Again, that Alfa Romeo, not surprising. Yeah. Bottas yeah. in 18th. Not surprising if Joe's there. Surprising for Bottas, not surprising for the car. Yeah. No. Um, and then we had in wait, 20th, 18th, no, 20th, 19th, 18th, 17th, Magnuson. Kevin Magnuson. Again. Surprising for the car. Nope, surprising for Magnus. Surprising for Magnuson, not for the car. Same with Bottas. I would say, I think Magnuson has been pretty much around that area except for a couple of few when he's bumped up the top. It's just Nico has done really well in quality and Kevin hasn't managed to do the same thing. But then they're both kind True. of crap in race. Well, not they're both. The car is both is crap in race days. Uh, but yeah, and then in 16th spot, Carlos Sainz. Now, that was so rogue. I remember watching that happen. Yeah. Now, I guess you could say maybe it has to do with the car and the damage and not being built up to spec, but Carlos himself, he, 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 his idea for why he was there was that he, that people purposely slowed him down on his lap. Now, Carlos, that's one thing, yeah? He is very quick on the radio to blame other people for doing things on purpose. Well, that was like the big discussion is about the fact that they decided that there was to be no overtakes in the pit exit. Yeah. Like, so whereas before they were all sort of moving to the side and Max would like be lying down the side, I think it was a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. Like it was like, get out of my way, y'all are taking too long. Yeah. Whereas obviously they were stuck in this sort of semi-traffic then and then were stuck in like a semi-traffic sort of later on. And that was signs was like, yeah, I said people were blocking me, people are in my way. And like they watched the footage back being like, okay, like Piastri was there, but there was no impeding going on. It just happened to be on that part of the track, like kind of thing. Um there was no impeding. You didn't lose masses of time as a result. Like you just got stuck in traffic in the way that everyone else got stuck in traffic. They just managed to get a better lap in initially before getting stuck in traffic. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I feel that. Like exactly that. Like you think, okay, so is that where the shocks end? No, 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 no. The shocks continue. Again, in order from the back. In fifteenth place, Ricardo. Somewhat Fourteenth. Yep. Yeah, fifteenth is about average. Yeah. 14th, Albon, again, expected he's done better, but also it's a Williams, so anytime he puts it higher than that, it's a shock. But it's like, oh, he's done something. Well. not surprised. Yeah, exactly. 13, Stroll. Not surprised. Probably should have been I higher. I'm assuming Alonso would be higher, but um, he's there. And then he's next to his bestie, Esti Bestie, Ocon, in 12th. Again, because of how like close the top, like I feel like the top eight cars if not are quite certain supposedly it's not too big of a shock on being 12 um and then yeah. when i say the top eight, rough. supposedly 
11th, Lewis Hamilton knocked out in Q2. What happened there? It was not a good qualifying for him. It was not a good qualifying for him whatsoever. Yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. It just wasn't a great qualifying. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. Lewis, like George, had made it through. I'm not saying George was P1, but George had made it through. And Lewis should have been there too, but he just he couldn't. Um, I believe he came on the radio and said, I don't know if this was this race or the one before, but that was as fast as he could go. So he didn't sound like he complained of an issue or anything like that. He just couldn't go fast. No, just couldn't get the pace out of the car. Yeah. So there we go. Lewis Hamilton shock. Mercedes out. So we now will have no both Mercedes not in Q three and both Ferraris not in Q three. So this moves on to Wait, Q3. Why? where is Russell? Russell has made it through. He is in Q three. You said both Mercedes out, not in Q three. No, I see. Uh, yeah, as in both of them have not made it. It is just one. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, uh, I thought you meant both. I was like, what happened to George Brett? My bad. <laughs> Let's put it the other way. Uh, they both Ferrari and Mercedes were unable to get both of their drivers in Q three. Just had one. That's probably a better way to work. Right. I was about to be really upset then. <laughs> so, get into Q three. This is basically what happens. We had. Norris doing quite well on a good lap and then he lost it in one of the corners. I say lost it, he didn't like completely, but he lost the back end. He went for a drift, a slidey slide, and uh it dropped him down fifth, which honestly it's still oh, quite bad. fifth after that yeah. tail slapper. All right, he should take it, especially when he hears about what happened to Perez. And that was Perez got ninth. Ninth, because his lap time got deleted. So he put one together. I'm pretty sure the first one got deleted, then he put another one and the second one got deleted too. But like to be fair, that's what happened to Logan Sargent. So Logan Sargent did two pretty decent lap times. But on turn one, both times, he got done for track limits and his thing got deleted, hence the no time ending in 20th. Oh, so. yeah. No, it's just... Guys, stay on the track. Stay on the black stuff. Okay? It's not that hard. Take it. Stay on the track, bro. Just stay on stay the track. On the track. Like, you just have to stay on the track. Not that hard. What? Like, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's obviously not watching this, uh, that is sarcasm. We know, we know. Okay, don't come at us. Okay? I mean, I put, I just put a legally blonde quote in there, so I feel like. Yeah, that's what you think, but then you meet chronically online people who think a TikTok trend so is true. supposed to be for them. So just in case, let the TikTok trend go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's what happened. So in the end, our Qualifying one, two, and three was in third place, Oscar Piastri. So happy. Um, second place, Charles Leclerc. So he actually did quite well. Practice kind of pulled it off. And then, of course, on pole was Max. Nothing new there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. I knew straight away that Piastri was probably going to fall back. And Norris would probably have taken that third place if he hadn't, you know, tanks slap. But very good. Very good. Take it. So we move on oh, to on. the race. Now, the race, honestly... I will admit it, I went to bed halfway through. I think it was less than halfway through because I was just so tired. It was very late. It was midnight and I had a very early morning. So we've got the highlights and we're going to talk about it. Starting off, of course, Charles and Max into lap one. Now, lap one, it was actually quite interesting because them two were like, like Charles that knew that if he wanted to take first place, had he had any chance, he would have had to take position in that first lap. Because after that, Max yeah. didn't go. And he tried his hardest. He was right up in his gearbox. They were side by side sometimes, but unfortunately, Max just put his car in the right space. His car just had more pace. It didn't work. 
Max was leading to turn one, and I'm pretty sure he was two and a half seconds or something by the end of lap two. So, well, Charles got in front for one corner, and then Max came back again. Yeah, it was. It, it's like I wonder if Max goes it, like in his helmet. It's like if someone overtakes him, he doesn't worry. He goes, "Yeah, it's alright. I'll get him. I'll get him the next one." Because honestly, that would well, be- that's what he'd like said. It was like one of the things from last week, whenever when they were talking about the penalty, it was like, "No, Max, you're in front." And he's like, "Cool, so I was in front." <laughs> yeah. Of course he knows he knows which honestly of course he knows because it's impossible not to he, he won 19 out of 23 races can you like get that's him? nothing you got stick for people keep get because you wrote 20 races and everyone was like it's 19 actually you know why i you did like, that because yeah, i no, originally no. had 19 and then one of the bloody commentators said there was only three races he didn't win and i was like oh well then that would mean that he's won 20 because that would mean he lost 21st 22nd and 23rd but i was like i swear it was 19 so i put it up and then i was like no it was 19 so on TikTok, I had put in my caption, um, asterisk 19, and I'd put it somewhere on Instagram, but then there was one that I didn't, and obviously people pointed it out, and I was like, yeah, well, who cares, it was one wrong. Max probably wished it was 20. Anyway, so, yeah, so after that, we also had Piastri and Norris battling it out, because Norris had made it from fifth to fourth into the first corner, so it was now Piastri third, Norris fourth. They were battling it out for a bit. It very much looked like Norris was going to get past, and he did. Norris got Plus, I don't think Piastri fought it too much. Easy done. No. Um, and then we had, this was a little bit of an incident. It's a bit of a funny one as well. So Hamilton oh, and Gasly did. were somewhat fighting. Hamilton was behind Gasly. I don't remember the position places, but this was happening. Also, in my notes, Gasly is gassy. So that's great. Um, so Hamilton yeah. was gassy. And uh, Gasly locked up going into a corner, into the one at the, like, the stadium park. Now he locked up, so Lewis, not realising that, well, obviously not expecting it, goes into the back of Gasly. Now, it's not a big shunt. It's enough that there's a like, little bit of damage. But um, no. <laughs> Lewis really couldn't do anything. And the, the reason I bring this up is because Gasly came right on the radio to be like, oh, he just went into the back of me. Like, bro, as if you didn't know you locked up. Like, as if you yeah. know you locked up. Come on. Yeah don't i think i i like being able to hear the radios now because like not gasly specifically but like just generally you love hearing it because something will happen the only reason why i would uh pay for like f1 tv or sky sports the red button thing would be to be able to watch all the onboards and listen to the radios that is the only oh, reason it's like a sky uh sky glass and sky q custom Oh, that's the Sky Glass and Sky Q customers can press the red button to watch all 20 onboards. I'm giving you highlights from your favorite moments of today's Grand Prix. Oh, okay. And I have Sky Q and I've not pressed it once. Punjay? Yeah, so like, honestly, hearing, I, I always knew drivers were whining on the radio. That wasn't something that shocked me. Being able to hear a lot of it, it's like, sometimes it's like, a, okay, they're that kind of whiny like with Carlos he's like he's the type of person to blame everyone else by himself uh Gasly's the kind to not yeah. see his own mistakes and obviously like I say. That personally but still like, some of them go oh, some of these people are so stupid it's like bro we all saw yeah. just him. like add him next time well the ones where it's like yeah get really whiny on the radio and you're like no one can help you like Lewis sometimes will come on like I think the time when Toto had to come back because Lewis was like oh the car is so slow guys like it's so sad Toto was like Lewis, we know, just drive. 
Because what are they to drive? Yeah. Sometimes when I hear what the there's nothing we can do about it right now. Yeah, and it's like, what do you think your team can do while you're out on track? Like, how can they fix it? They cannot just drive. Oh, come in. We'll just sort out for you. Yeah, we'll tell you exactly how to fix how fast the car is over the radio. It's not like we've been working on it for the past like seven months, but sure, we know how to fix it now. Um, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, and the same kind of thing. Our next point is like still along the radio. It's Russell now. Mercedes wanted to make a one-stop work and Russell did in Russell fashion started questioning Mercedes and the strategy. Now I bring this up because personally, I think it's okay to kind of question and it's yeah. like, eh. he, he does, he, he knows how he and the team work, but the commentators brought up the fact yeah. that Russell always seems to be questioning strategy. And he actually, if you think about it, he kind of does. And is that the thing where it's like, okay, is Russell smart and actually thinking about it and doing the strategy yeah. or does he not trust the engineers and the strategy team? I don't want to put it out there, but I just did. So, I don't Let's know. Start you... conspiracy theories, bro. Or at least you're going to start a conspiracy theory. Do it about, mm-hmm. I don't know, Russell well-being, shit like, like a star. To retire and become a um, head of strategy? Who knows? We'll see. But no, it is interesting sometimes when, like, the drivers do that. Because, yes, I know that they're obviously driving the cars, but they're not the ones with the multiple computers, the earpiece straight to the control room back at the factory and things like that. And it's sometimes, yeah. like, you were hired to drive you literally have a strategy team. I understand that they can be wrong. And if it's Ferrari and you're Charles Leclerc, you may want to question them. But sometimes, like, if it's constantly, maybe at some point you just got to let them run. Like, let them go. Just, yeah, take the hit. Yeah. But, anyway, especially it being the last year race of the year. Like, But I know that they were fighting for constructors, which, again, we'll get into. But, yeah, it's a little bit of, like, a, if I was getting questioned that often, I'd be pretty annoyed. We just, like, he kept, I just, I saw those effects where he was, like, asking about Lewis, asking what the situation is, and they're basically like, George, just, yeah. and it's like, yeah. and he said, no, 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 I need to know what the plan is, bro. Like, what, they were like, what do you mean Lewis is doing his thing? He's like, we're fighting for Peter and the constructors. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> he's like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's just because it's like, in my head, like, let's be real, maybe they need like, a, a, a was it a reality check? But I'm not going to do that. Because like, oh, smart enough to be like, an oh, you don't know what strategy or anything that involves having a mic talking to a driver. Yeah, the thing is, is what would happen? George would be like, Shanna, you know what you're talking about. But like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I was the one that drove into Paris in turn three. Like, <laughs> and he'd be like, that's me. not helpful right now. But to be fair, <laughs> it would shut him up and maybe focus like on him driving instead of talking on the radio because he wouldn't want to speak. Like, let's be real. I think it would work. I'm just putting out there for any of the F1 teams listening, if you're like the engineer, I think you should give your driver a reality check for a race and just see how it goes. <laughs> just see. Yeah, if you're gonna lose anyway, you might as well try it. Yeah, like experimentation. You don't know until you know. Anyway, moving on. So later on in the race, we had Perez and Norris who were battling, and they were getting close. They were getting close, and it was getting real close. They got contact. They they touched. They touched. It wasn't like a damaged kind of touch, but they went into a corner, and Perez came along. I don't remember if it was on the inside or the outside, but they were alongside, and then Norris basically made it through. But Perez kind of pushed Norris off. And then Norris went in front and Perez was like, he needs to give me the place back. But then Perez ended up getting a five-second penalty because basically it ended up looking more like Perez pushed Norris off than anything else. Which is, again, it's really funny. And then Perez going, why did I get a penalty? Like, bro, you know that everyone's got like 100 angles on that. Please don't do this to yourself. They always seem so surprised. It's like, have you ever told, like, it's the same with a lot of men, like, like, I've seen these, like, TikToks where, like, women get cheated on. 
and then they like go to their boy and they're like I know like you slept with Lucy from the office and their faces are like how dare you accuse me of the thing I did (laughs) (laughs) and like you show them evidence they're like no that's not me could be me okay and that's literally how all the drivers react yeah like and part of it is get out of the car up. after. Yeah. Because I think they should look at the angles first before they make a mockery of themselves. But I'm guessing they're hoping that maybe if they're like, oh, it wasn't, the FIA might like take it back. But I don't think that's how it works. So funny, so. Like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And then there's like the post race interview of, so I looked at the footage and yeah, my bad. Like I've had this before when I'm driving where I'll be driving like 70 miles an hour, for example. And people seem a lot closer or further away than they are because you're going at like that speed like you have to keep a much further distance than you think you have to keep kind of thing or people will squeeze past but at that speed you're like oh my god you're so close when actually you see them past you're actually a good like half a meter away from me yeah. I just feel like that that so much faster yeah no no definitely like the other thing is like that's another thing like you've said it they don't like to admit when they're wrong but it's like if I'm driving yeah most of the time I'm in the right I'm just saying but like say if I am in the wrong <laughs> and like I'll do the thing where like I'll move or be like Oh, god then why'd you do that and then the second i'm like oh no that was me and I'll, I'll 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 admit it i'll admit it out loud just like i wish someone on like no one else in those in those f1 cars would probably cause a mistake be like ah what is this guy doing and then a minute later go that wasn't that that, that was me wasn't it but they don't do that they don't that. have that like calm down period and i get it they're driving the athletes but like there have been times on like when i play tennis where i've like been really like i grab like why they done that why they done that like it was my fault, wasn't it? I shouldn't have hit that shot. That was on me. Sorry. Yeah, that's me and dance, though. I'm like, why were they? Oh, I was not. I missed my mark. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they don't They don't have this kind of emotional thought process. At least not during the race, maybe afterwards. After their PR person talks to them, this bureau, it's not even the TV footage, it's their PR person. <laughs> yeah, um, they're like, that was on you. But yeah, so Perez gets that five-second penalty, but eventually he does get passed because he is in that red ball in a faster car. So he gets down, he gets up to P3. And at this point, he is there. Charles is in P2. They're getting close. And they're getting close. Now. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now they're getting to the point where, okay, they're somewhat close, but Charles probably has P2. And he's going to hold into the end of the race. But Charles does like a big boy thing where, again, he takes strategy into his own hands. And he goes, okay, if Paris is a five-second penalty and George is behind Perez, right now, George would finish P3. And that would mean that Mercedes would finish ahead yeah. of Ferrari in the constructors. But if I let Perez pass yes. and I push and slow us down to the point where I'm still in within five seconds, but I finish P3, but I push George out of five seconds and he's in P4, we would be able to take the constructors. So he lets Perez go through and tries to go through nice. the same, which let's be real. The the distinction between you pushing someone back and you being within the five seconds and the other person being out of the five seconds, like impossible. Big boy makes. Like in, in like if anything, actually to be fair, no. Like you don't have to even move with him. He was happy to take P three basically at that point. He was happy to say no to P two. But big brain, big brain. That's what he's thinking a lot during Rose Racing, which honestly goes back to my point of they can definitely think before they speak on the radio because I've seen Charles do this with this yeah. strategy. He did these maths in his head, so he tried to do that. Um, 
he did let Paris through, but unfortunately, in the end, he wasn't able to. Or I don't know if he actually tried to slow down George enough because at the end, George came like in his interview was like, "Oh yeah, no, Charles, he could have played it dirty, but he didn't. He didn't hold me up." I'm like, "Well, isn't that what Charles's whole point was to do?" Um, so in the end, the finishing order was Max in P1, Charles on P2 because he was within five seconds of Paris, and George P3 because he was also within five seconds of Paris. So in the end, Charles's master plan didn't exactly work. He still had big brain, still finished P2, which is better than P3, and George managed P3, which in the end meant Mercedes took P2 in the constructors. Great. Finish to the season. Max got all the fireworks. He got the fight. He did some donuts. It was great. There you go. End of the season. So, I mean, it's Abu Dhabi. It's not always the most interesting race, but this time wasn't completely boring. I said there were some moments. That's basically what happened. There's not really much more to say. But we do have some news coming out of F1 going into 2024. There's obviously going to be a lot more, hopefully, that comes out during the break, but this is what we can bring up now. As I mentioned, Mercedes finished P2 in the Constructors, which is great for them. Uh, it means they, because it was very close between them and Ferrari going in, and Max securing, or George securing P3. And um, so in terms of the standings, we actually had, this is one thing I wanted to know, was but going into this race, Carlos Sainz is actually ahead of Charles in the standings. So that meant that it was a big difference from last year where Charles actually did quite well. Unfortunately, at the end of this, Carlos did manage to fall down a couple of places because he didn't finish very high and Charles did. Uh, but then some other news coming out of the weekend. Well, we knew this was French Toast or as everyone else knows him, French Toast, who was the team principal for AlphaTauri. Um it was his last race in Abu Dhabi. He would no longer be the team principal of Avatari. And honestly, we love French Toast. He's great. I love his like optimism and how supportive he is. Uh, we had quite a few like tributes to him. Yuki said some stuff on the radio, even Max. And honestly, I forgot that like Max in Avatari was along with that. So um, then, uh, yeah, it was just, he had some cute tributes. I don't know where he's going, if he's on gardening leave or anything like that, but I guess we will find out soon enough. Now, on top of yeah. that, we also have Mount McLaren have extended their contract with Mercedes to use their engines until 2030, which is really long. They had it until 2026. Now, we were only in yeah. 2023, we're going to 2024, but they've extended, which means that once the new regs come in in 2026, that they still want to go with Mercedes. They have enough trust that even with these new regs, Merck as the option. So we're going to see McLaren yeah. for a while, which I guess consistency is great. Now, yeah, and I think like you can only really see progression when you have something for an extended period of time. So I think them having another six, seven years is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I guess, um, and then the last thing was this is coming out of the race. Alpine and Mercedes, I don't know what happened. I believe they might get a fine, but they were under investigation for pit stop infringements. And it was because some of the mechanics or one of the mechanics were not wearing the proper eye protection. Now, A, yeah. eagle-eyed person is keeping up with that and actually seeing that. And B, really, put your PPE on. Like, goddamn. There's someone solely responsible for health and safety, like I imagine, within the sort of, um, I was about to say Marshall set. That's not what I'm thinking of. Um, stewards. Yeah. Like I imagine like, there is somebody exclusively there responsible for health and safety. But to so. be able to see whether they have their like goggles on or not, like that's crazy. Like they they are probably oh, 
washing it so hard. I saw them without them on, like with no helmet, no glasses, goggles, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and it's like it's like come they on, we were just standing like staring at the camera. Just put your goggles on. Like we had to do it in science. Just put them on. Yeah. But thankfully, I think it's because yeah. it's the last one of the race, or because it was very much a team thing. They said they'll make it a a penalty fee rather than you know an infringement yeah, of the race, exactly. like an actual penalty. Because like, well, what are they going to do? And also, it is very much the team's fault. Nothing to do with the driver. Now that is all the news. We're going to break up the F1 stuff before we go through how they finished, and that's with some F2 news. Now, F2, it was their season finale too, and unlike F1, they came into their season finale with a title championship battle. So this is between uh, Frederick Bestie of Prema, Mercedes junior driver, and Bestie, Theo Bestie. Oh, exactly. And then Theo Porsche <laughs> um, of ART Grand Prix and Sauber junior driver. Now, Theo was basically leading by about 30 points. And uh, so basically, it was going to be very tough for Vesti to actually win this. Now, coming into okay. qualifying, Jack Dewin got pole. So it wasn't either of them. They actually both had quite useful uh, qualifying with Vesti going P- P9, yeah. which is, you know, okay, but not great when you need to be winning races. And Porsche P14, which really isn't good. But then he... is like, even worse. <laughs> like I said, though, it is still it was still quite hard. Like Vesti had to win like the sprint race and then had to finish on the podium in like the feature race and Porsche had to do like not very well but being 14th was possible but yeah so Dewan got pole was magnificent I'll just say it right here he won the feature race he had a great weekend but it was so overshadowed by the title battle and unfortunately Dewan will not be coming back next year to F2 he even though he finished three in the standings um, but yeah, so he's moving on to other things we don't know yet and he is an Alpine junior so maybe he'll be doing some work stuff or something with them but in terms of championship battle, so the sprint race, Vesti yes. pushed hard. So he was ninth, which meant, I believe, he was P2. Yeah, he was on the grid for P2 for the sprint race because it's reverse grid from top 10. Another reverse grid. Yeah. Now, that first couple of laps, or especially the first lap, was honestly like great racing enough to there were four drivers the top four were all squabbling and it was amazing Vesti was first at one point and then he went down to fourth and it was like ah but he made his way through and yeah. he won the sprint race Teo Porcher went from 14th and he finished seventh so actually quite well he seven points up uh, seven places but because Vesti won the sprint the fight was still on for the championship going into the feature race it had not been decided so the feature race is the long race that is the right order from qualifying and they have a pit stop so going into this, like I said, Vessi will be in ninth and Porsche will be 14th. Now, yeah. in order for Vesti to win, he had to finish in the top three, but he had to finish third with the fastest lap or second or first. And Porsche had to like, if he finished third with the fastest lap, Porsche had to be like eighth or lower or like 10th or lower. So no, right. and then it was eighth I'm or lower. And then, yeah. So he had to like, it was going to be very fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was very hard fought from Vesti. He tried so hard. He really did. He was on the opposite strategy, so hopefully he could get faster slap at the end. But unfortunately, he just could not. He actually did get P3 in the end. He got what could have supposedly been needed. He didn't get faster slap, though. But the reason why it was just impossible in the end was the fact that Porsche finished fifth. So even if Vesti had gotten the faster slap, Porsche was just so high, he got enough point that in the end, Teo Porsche is the new Formula 2 champion, and he won by 11 points. Mm-hmm. Very happy. Porsche has had a lot on his back for a long time because in F3, he was very successful at a very young age. He didn't win the championship, but he came mighty close. 
And then in F2, he became the youngest race winner. So he basically had a lot of people going, oh, he's talented, he's talented. And then this is his third season in F2 and it's finally come together. But unfortunately, he will not have a seat for next year unless Logan Sargent is out and they decide to put Teo in. There's three years in a row where the F2 winner has not gone on to go into F1 straight away. Obviously, Oscar eventually got it, but let's be real. He wasn't exactly going to get there until Vettel decided to call it quits, which how dare he and Alonso decided to jump ship, which meant that there was a spot. Um, I but, feel like they need to stop potentially calling them feeder series, like oh, F2 yeah. feeder series, because like F4 kind of comfortably feeds into F3 and F3 generally feeds into F2. Obviously, you have people who will flip to F3, will flip to work, etc. Mm-hmm. kind of their own volition. Sometimes seats just don't work. But as you said, it's the third in a row where the person who's won the F2 championship, especially given that the rule is they can't come back once they've won mm-hmm. and they've kind of been left is a bit oh yeah definitely and i i also just don't see like drogovic i feel like he's going to be one of those that gets lost i don't see him getting the seat even the year after because the year after we're now going to have another f2 champion that's going to be fighting especially and with teo and i think you're going to have three f2 champions see drogovic is the one that i can't see really that's only because of the umming and ahhing about um stroll Mm, okay yeah i see that I think if you'd asked me six weeks ago, I would have said the same thing. But there's been a lot of discussion about not strong next year, but about 2025 stroll. Um, yeah. You never know. Alonso might retire. Or he might get the call up to Red Bull because apparently that's what all the rumours are saying. Um, I don't. All these rumours, bro. At this point, we're going to have Danny Rick, Max Verstappen, Alonso and Hamilton all in two Red Bull seats. Yeah. It's great. They're just going to swap it around, okay? One's going to do this race, one's going to do the other. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Well, it's going to be sad because in 2025, they are going to have three F2 champions vying for a seat. And when are we going to have three open seats? And, um, and Liam Lawson. Oh, yeah, and Liam Lawson. But he, yeah, and they say he's pretty much guaranteed. But if he does like a shitty season somewhere, that could be taken away. And I, that's really unfortunate. I mean, I hope he doesn't. He's well, got not, not, yeah. back. not to Red Bull, but he could just come back. Oh, God. He's going to be an Alpine's work team. Yeah. But he's still a Mercedes reserve driver, which means he could be back in 2025 or 2026. And then what if, when Audi arrived, they're like, oh, German driver, and then they just grab him. Plot twist. Honestly, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's a good thing about <laughs> Audi coming on is the fact that we're going to get two extra seats so it looks more possible because it is not good the rate that we're chucking these drivers out and they're not getting through. Like they're it- taking Sauber. Oh, yeah, that's right. I meant Andretti. I was getting confused with Andretti. I need Andretti uh, yeah. on the good face up. Yeah, we need more seats. Yeah, Audi coming on. We will yeah. see. We'll see. All right. Well, I guess just to finish off before we go on a rant on how F2 doesn't work, because it's a TikTok <laughs> where I go through how all the previous ones and in the previous seasons, like the top five, genuine, generally, in like JP2 and his top five end up making it to F1, which is like yeah. compared to now, like first, doesn't Lando. it? George, Charles. Even then, they were still like like the George yeah. Alex Lando year. That was an outlier. Yeah, that yeah, was, Alex maybe for the past. I'd say six, seven years. It's been hard, even if you win F two in there. Um, yeah. because I've been I've been doing Although this. Was a, I was just gonna say that like there was a period of time that maybe not directly like straight away, but like Mitt, George, Lando, Charles. I think there was someone else. There was a like five champions worth of F2 champions are now in F1, even if they didn't do it straight away. Yeah. Whereas I feel like 
in the next year we're not going to have the last like yeah four or five well this mix obviously no longer there so it's not going to be like the last five are not going to be an f1 anymore yeah at all yeah no like we've had some years where it's like the winner has mostly gone on but compared to in like 2008 2009 you were having the top five were all in f1 which is great that's what it's going yeah um but yeah so that's that's a problem that they need to work on yeah so anyway we're going to go through the standings right now we're just going to go through the top like just go through all the positions just talk about them a little bit not too much skip f like p1 that like are you are you sure i don't think you know who came p1 like it's a bit of a over double he got over double the amount of points that perez got yeah it's not like it was over double um, the amount of someone else. No, it was over double the amount of his teammate who's in the same car. Yeah, but yeah so Max yes. Verstappen was like 256 to 258 gap or something. Like, yeah. mad. Yeah. Honestly, the gap is probably as much as... Actually, let me see. I think, I think Max had 575 points and Perez had 285. Yeah. The gap's 290. The gap is bigger That's than Perez actually has. Yeah, that was a thing. It was like too bigger before the race started yeah well there you go it's five but yeah so max uh wins championship he had 19 wins then we have perez with 285 two wins and i believe some was so and then we had in third place so who the person that ended up taking third was lewis hamilton like perez really kicked into a gear well lewis lost got disqualified didn't he for his pt then right. I think he DNF the next, and then he was back, and then he DNF'd, and then yeah. So he did really well, and then it was like once all these things coming out of like, oh yeah, Perez needs to finish P two. It got to both of them. Perez went, oh yeah, I'm finishing P two, and Lewis kind of was like, I'm gonna try and just didn't. Um, but yeah, then we had Fernando Alonso in P four. So oh, there we go. In the end, yes. Alonso was the one that took it, but he's actually yes. tied with Charles Leclerc on points. They are both on two hundred and six. He is because yeah, um, Alonso got more podiums in the end. It's done by like in football, they have those like goal difference points. I think it's kind of done like that. Yeah. So Alonso had eight podiums to Charles's six. So then, like I said, Damn. Charles is in fifth with 206 points. In sixth place was Lando Norris with 205, only one point away. And that bro had That's seven incredible. podiums, quite good. Yeah. And then Carlos Sainz yeah. going from, I believe he was tied with Alonso in fourth, went down to P7 after this, 200 points, yeah, because he didn't get any points. He was tied with Alonso at 200 before that, for P4. Anyway, he got no points, so he's seventh. Then in eighth was George Russell, 175, two podiums. Ninth place, Oscar Piastri, which honestly, not that bad. Rookie season. Yeah, for a rookie season, he's only three spots away from his teammate. 97 points, there's quite a big point difference. It's over, over twice, but that's okay. But to be fair, though, like, Lando did have, what, a four-race, maybe five-race podium streak where he was just on fire out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and there was a moment where Oscar looked like he was doing really well, and he was, but, like, Lando has been in the car so long. I don't expect any penalties. That was the issue. It's like, oh, he's in P3. Wait, no, he's not. Oh, he's in P2. Wait, no, he's not. <laughs> oh, the penalties this year are great. But yeah, P9 was Oscar. P10, Lance Stroll, 74 points. P11. That's higher than I expected. Yeah, because he did like quite well at the start. Everyone's been the whole year being like, he sucks. He did well at the start of the season. And at the start, I mean, like, uh, just like, I think, eight or something. And then after that, he kind of disappeared. And then he had, like, a couple of... a long season. Inconsistent, let's put it that way. Now, the two Alpines were like, yeah, we're teammates. We're sticking together. P11. Gasly finished on top with 62 points. 
and then Ocon finished just by a nymph. Bus. 58. Yeah, exactly. Ocon was four points away. They both got a podium, which is great for Alpine, but yeah. Then we have Alex Albon finishing P13, which honestly, is that not an average of where he was finishing this year anyway? Like, that is pretty spot on to me. Yeah. 27 points. 27 in a Williams. 27 from a year. Like, there were times where they were getting one. Smashed it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, P14 with 17 points. Bottas in P15 with 10. Yeah, expected. 16th, Nico Hulkenberg with nine. Even with all those like really good qualifyings, only P9 because that half car is absolutely terrible in the race. He became the new Mr. Saturday. He took over from George as Mr. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, but he did beat his teammate quite a lot. And then we had Daniel Ricciardo in P17 with six points, which honestly, not bad for being literally in it for what, five races or something? I was going to say, he jumped in halfway through the season and then broke his hand. Yeah. So, I'm tight. Yeah, so quite good. Then we had Joe in, like, Joe has been beaten by Daniel Ricciardo, even though his teammate Bottas is ahead. And Daniel Ricciardo wasn't that long, if you really think of it that way. Um, And then we had K-Mag on three points. So, like I said, uh, Nico ended up tripling that. Liam Lawson on two points, which is, you know. Nice. (laughs) And then you have Logan Sargent, who's 21 on a 20 grid field with one point. Thank God he managed to get that one point because the only person behind him is Nick Went half the grid DNF and then, yeah. Yeah. So that you was... Can't forget, mm-hmm. you forgot about Estonian driver Paul DeVries. I did. I said he was the only one that finished behind him. No, but did you not see that? Like, So obviously, Nick's Nick. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like a mix. I think it was a mix up with Paul Aaron. Oh, okay. Where it was like had the Estonian flag. Yeah. Said Paul De Vries, driver from Trident. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be. And everyone, was, <laughs> and everyone was like, "What?" That's <laughs> and not right. Like, oh, wait, we think it's Paul Aaron. They went, "When's Paul Aaron ever been in an F one car for a race?" And they were like, "Well, it's got supposed to be Nick De Vries, but then Nick De Vries is not Estonian, <laughs> like, and he's in now in FE, so he's not driving a Trident. Like, what?" <laughs> It was a complete mix-up. But yeah, Paul Aaron was driving with Trident. He replaced Clement Non-Black, which I know a lot of people were sad about, but also, like, there's a given. Clem hasn't done very well, unfortunately. Anyway, so Constructors. Yeah, exactly. Constructors, to finish off, we had Red Bull obviously finishing first with 860 points, 21 wins out of the 23 races, and 30 podiums. Good on them. Expect nothing less. Behind them with, again, less than half. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes, no wins, eight podiums. The difference in the podiums as well, though, like it shows how like the rest of the grid were quite like spread out because of the fact that obviously yeah. you expect Red Bull to have the most podiums with thirty, but there are only there are three podium places and only two drivers, so there was still one spot there up for grabs, and it was quite mixed yeah. because, like I said, P two was Mercedes, and then they got eight. Now the gap, quite different. Um, not quite different. No, I don't want to go there. I want to go back there. But yeah, Mercedes P two. Three was Ferrari. Mercedes were on 409. Ferrari were 406. They got one win. Nine podiums. So more podiums, more wins, but consistency was their better point. Consistency is key. George Record, 2017. Now, who do you think was P4? Me. Uh, McLaren. You are correct. McLaren was 300. I knew that one. Do you know how many podiums? No, I just saw a graphic that said P4. 
they had nine podiums in the end which honestly how many like Lando probably got like five of them or six I was gonna say it wasn't like six of them Lando Norris um and then in P5 who do you think Sav I'm gonna make you guess more oh right okay so we've done Ferrari uh Aston Martin correct Aston on 280 do you want to guess how many podiums they got well you said that Lance got no sorry that Fernando got Eight, seven, eight. You were you were pretty good. Damn. Okay. So fifth is Aston Martin with two hundred and eighty. Yep. Sixth. God, what teams have we got? Um, Alpine. You're correct. Again, look at you. All right, one hundred and twenty, and they had two podiums. Seventh place. Now I'm going. Well, actually, that gives it away. But you must get this right. Williams. Yeah. I didn't know that because James Val posted it and I was like, yes. You know how much more money that gives us? 28 points. I know. In the past, I could cry about it, but I'm not going to. Then in eighth place was? Oh, um, Alpha Tari? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Alpha Tari with 25, which means in ninth place was? Alpha Mayo. Mm-hmm. And tenth. Whoever I haven't said. You're not wrong. Haas. Yeah. Tenth was Haas, that's it. I was like, I'm missing one. <laughs> Honestly though, whenever I'm like counting teams of uh, speaking about teams, I always forget one. I don't it, it always Mine's... tends to differ. It tends to be between Alpine and Asimar and sometimes, but it's always one. Mine's Alpine. Mm. But yeah, so because they've only happened. recently Alpine, so it's not in my head. Like I had it when Aston Martin changed to Aston Martin. I couldn't remember. I was like, I'm missing a team, I'm missing a team. It's the same when I do the driver predictions. I put them in 19, and then I'm like, right, okay, 20th. And I'm like, but who I was going to put in 20th, I put in 19th, and it takes me forever to work out which driver I've missed. Yeah, well, like, so I have I to think then screw in team. There was one um prediction where I put Yuki at like P11, but then you I put Yuki also twice. Put <laughs> I completely forget. Yeah. I forgot Joe. In the end, I think Yuki oh. did DNF, and I had meant to put you like Joe as a DNF, but I just went no. I meant Yuki DNF. There we go. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I meant Joe was like seventh. <laughs> yeah. So that's there's the constructors. There's a rundown of the drivers and the constructors. We will obviously go into more depth and more like of our notes for the season in our next upcoming episodes. But here you go. Here's your Abu Dhabi recap, F two recap. We do have a very exciting episode coming up next which will be with an f1 academy driver Brodin carlin jess edgar which we're really excited to share with you guys but yeah so there's our episode for today hope you enjoyed make sure you follow us on the socials at beyond the track podcasts or at beyond the track pod on instagram and twitter follow us here on spotify or wherever you're listening to us uh share us with your friends or anyone you like motorsport like i said i know we've got the break coming up but we have so many exciting ideas and i really think you're going to enjoy them they're more than just recaps and and we're going to help you get your fix just like we're going to get our own motorsport fix. So definitely share us, rate us five stars. comes back in January, guys. Yeah, what Sav said. So we don't have too long. <laughs> um, so I only got a month, month and a bit. So like I said, we'll see you soon. Make sure you keep up to date. Get ready for next week. Wednesdays is when we tend to upload. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.